Hello, welcome to This Week in the Atlantic Coast Conference, the podcast for all sports discussion, discussion.com. This is Jeff, one of your podcast co-hosts, and you can follow me on Twitter at TalkinACCSports. The podcast moderator is Matthew, and you can follow him at Hokie Smash. Uh, I'm sorry, you can follow him at ASD underscore Hokie Smash. I'm going to turn it over to our moderator, Matthew, now as we welcome our podcast guest. That's a good catch on my Twitter account, Jeff. Well done in, in, in real time. It's ASD underscore Hokie Smash, and, Je- and Jeff caught that there. Uh, just a brief background here. This is the longest-running independent ACC podcast in the United States. This is the podcast for allsportsdiscussion.com. Our site Twitter account is at allsportsdacc. And boy, we have a terrific recur- return guest on our show tonight. We call him an al- he's really an alumnus of our site. Tim Thomas, you can follow him on Twitter at Tim Thomas TLP. And he is the owner and operator of techlunchpail.com. You can follow that site Twitter account at, at techlunchpaild. This is really the best and most comprehensive Virginia Tech athletics blog on the internet is just an outstanding, outstanding Virginia Tech athletics blog. Of course, not formally associated with the university, but it is provides the best independent coverage of Virginia Tech athletics that you can find out there on the internet. I'm high praise coming from me. Tim, welcome back to allsportsdiscussion.com to the podcast. We're happy to have you back. Before we start, is there anything that you want to plug, Tim? The floor February 1st this week, celebrating the eight-year anniversary of the Tech Lunch Fail. Oh, can you turn yourself up a little bit, Tim? Yeah, let me, uh, can you hear me a little better now? Uh, yeah, that is a little bit better. There we go. Um, yeah, it's great to be back, guys. Like I said, eight years ago, launched Tech Lunch Fail, and, you know, you guys had me on for the first time, right, right after we launched it, after I left the Fighting Gobbler, so it's great to, great to be back, um, you know, an exciting time here at the Tech Lunch Bell as we reach eight as we reach eight years here. Um, you know, a lot of exciting stuff. We have a tremendous team of writers today. Uh, Will Lockwood is taking on a larger role. He's going to have a weekly uh, col- basketball column going forward, a feature or analysis piece or something that you'll see every week on Tech Lunch Bell to add more to what we do. And you know, we have a great team: Ryan Duvall, Carter Hill, Peyton C, a good friend of mine. The other three are all fr- become friends and. All tech students in the in the tremendous SMA program, um, and always growing our team, and excited to continue growing our coverage uh, of tech athletics. You know, you can find me as well. You know, I'll, I'm on ESPN Blacksburg every Friday afternoon. Also part of their pregame show for many of many football games throughout the year. You can also find me in NRV on the mornings on the uh, Big Dog Sports Talk um, on Monday mornings. I'll be right there, sharp and early. Sometimes on ESPN Richmond and other stations as well. So you can see me a whole lot of different places. A lot of exciting stuff, like I said, coming with the Tech Lunch Fail as we continue to grow and continue to expand what we do. Um, exciting plans for the future and where we want to take this so that we can continue to provide top-level content, top-level insight, analysis, news reporting, all of it on Virginia Tech, the most comprehensive and be the most comprehensive site 
out there. Uh, plenty of good competition out there, just looking to add more to it. Um, you know, especially as we've seen, you know, some of the newspapers, you know, sadly recede in some ways. So there's a need for more. Um, there's definitely a need. Tech fans deserve to have more. Um, and then what an exciting time. You know, what an exciting time and exciting spring that Tech is in. And I know there'll be plenty to talk about the Hokies tonight and, across, and of course, all across the ACC. An improved year in ACC next season. This is a good transition for us here. We're going to talk about who was your ACC men's basketball team of the week and your most disappointing team of the week in the ACC. The floor is Well, I think i got to start with maybe the Pitt Panthers, in all honesty. I mean, Pitt's, Pitt's third in the ACC. I don't think anybody could have imagined Pittsburgh being third in the ACC. But a pair of big wins at home against Wake Forest and Miami, I mean, the Austin Zoo is back. I mean, Pitt is back. Their home court is back to being something to be feared. I mean, you look at what they've done at home in ACC play. I mean, they beat North Carolina, beat UVA, you know, beat Wake and Miami. So, I mean, just tremendous. I mean, big week winning those two games, eight and three. I mean, and you look at that closing stretch. I mean, it's easy to imagine this team potentially being 14-6 and six in ACC play. This team could get a double bye in the ACC tournament. Um, and I think this is an NCAA tournament team, the way they're playing. And with the road ahead, now there are a bunch of minefields ahead when you have Louisville at Florida State, Boston College, Georgia Tech, Syracuse, and at Notre Dame as six of your nine remaining ACC games with at UNC, at Virginia Tech, at Miami. But the schedule sets up well for them to finish very well. And I know we'll get into it a little later, but – and does this look like a potential NCAA tournament team, um, or maybe not just potential, a very good chance to be dancing in March? So I think, you know, Pitt, I mean, you might see seven, eight teams from the ACC in the NCAA tournament this year, and Pitt's looking like they're going to have a strong case. Who is your most disappointing team of the week, Tim? missed opportunities there for Wake Forest. They're about six and five, you know, and they, you know, and not, and unlike say a Virginia Tech, they don't have those big non-con. They have at Wisconsin. That's a big one, but otherwise they don't have a very spectacular non-conference resume. You know, they're fourteen and eight at six and five. Virginia Tech's three and seven in the ACC, and they're thirteen and eight for context. So Wake Forest feels like they got some work to do ahead, and you know, you lose at home to NC State. I mean, you got to defend your Against even fairly even competition, you got to defend your home court this year. Um, you know, so I would say if I had to choose one, I would say probably Wake Forest among the, you know, in all honesty, the, the 10 or so teams that are relevant in terms of the 10 or 11 teams that are relevant in the conversation of the ACC this year. Um, because, look, I, I could say Louisville or Georgia Tech. Well, well eh, Georgia Tech may not. Jeff, I know you might have more on Georgia Tech and the expectations they had this year. But Louisville, I mean, you know, they've just been the disappointment of the season regardless. Regardless of the talent level on that roster, they've been a complete mess anyway. So, I mean, I could go there easily. But, yeah, Wake Forest, it's, it's like I said, you're, it's not the end of the world. It's not like they picked up a bad loss this week. They just, you know, 0-2 week, and 
missed opportunities and when the fine the fine lines that it could be for the ACC this year to get into the tournament or not. Um, and there's a lot of those, you know, seven seed to for, for first four next four out teams. You gotta you gotta win a couple of these. And Wake Forest missed a couple missed an opportunity this week. And they you know they may look back and say if I we could have just got one of those two at Pitt or NC or at home against NC State, it'd be a different you know they get left out of the field that could be one of the moments where it was the difference. Fair enough. Those are very good comments. Very good analysis, Tim. Jeff, you're up, Fred. All right. Thanks, Matthew. All right, Tim. What what ACC game? Are you looking forward to the most this upcoming week, and who should be on upset alert this upcoming week? Well, I tell you, it's you know one of the ones I'm, I'm I'm looking at, and I think it's an upset alert candidate as well is UVA at Virginia Tech on on Saturday in Castle Coliseum. It's going to be rocking, sold out, and Tech. Look, they got over the hump. They broke that losing streak, and did they come out? you know, with authority against Syracuse. This is a team that's playing a whole lot better now. This is a team that's playing like the team that was in the top 25 before this this losing streak started, and rightly was a top 25 team that we thought, all right, this could be a top six seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, Hunter Couture, look, it, Hunter Couture wasn't the only reason why um, they were struggling so much, but and he's not the only reason why they they're playing so much better, but he's a big reason. Couture is shooting the ball so well. MJ Collins has played a whole lot better. And, you know, you got to go in the Castle Coliseum. And, it, you know, that is – look, we all know very well Castle Coliseum is one of the toughest venues, not only in the ACC, but in college basketball. Um, and so, you know, and you lose that first one, you want to split that rivalry. And that place is going to be packed an hour before tip-off in the student section. It's going to be rocking all day. And – you know, Tech played well offensively, fairly well offensively up at UVA. They keep that up, shoot the ball well, play a little better defense, rely on that home crowd, different story. So I think that's a big one when you look at it. It's a big week. Virginia Tech is in two of the biggest games this week. Uh, at Miami on Tuesday as well, that's a fascinating one um, to keep an eye on with Wake Forest Duke. I mean, there's a lot of great games. I mean, the ACC is much better this year. You know, I know the narrative, the national narrative continues to be the ACC is down. But that's from where the absurd level that it was at. The ACC is probably the third or fourth best conference at worst in America. And let's be honest, if if Purdue didn't have Zach Eady, look, I get the Big Ten is, you know, the analytics love the Big Ten, but is the Big Ten really that much better than the ACC? I'll, I'll give you it's better, but is it that much better? I mean, it's not like the ACC, we had a competition and we saw what happened back in back in the fall. Um, so I, I think that's going to be, you know, like I said, that's an interesting game, you know, Virginia Tech, Miami, and with Duke Wake Forest as well. Wake Forest needs to start getting some big ones here. Pitt at North Carolina, man, would that be a huge one if they go on the road? And then the three games on Saturday, UVA at Virginia Tech, already talked about that one. How about Miami at Clemson? I mean, Cle Brown Brownell right now, we were talking about him getting fired. He might get an extension. When all is said and done, um, he's having a tremendous year. They're 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 having a phenomenal year, and you know they get Chase Hunter healthy. You know that's going to be Little John's going to be rocking for that one, and they got one of the longest home winning streaks in America. Um, and of course UNC and Duke are playing this week. I mean, you know, we don't need to talk about that one much at all. 
Um, but that Miami Clemson game on Saturday afternoon is going to be a is going to be a fun one. That should be better than an ACC network game, especially when Florida State and Louisville is on ESPN two that same day. Um, yeah, Miami Clemson is going to be a really fun one. Um, so much good guard play, and then you got guys like Hunter Tyson and PJ Hall for Clemson, which may be the difference. That Clemson team is going to be a you know that's a old fascinating team that in some ways feels like a team with strong guard play. A lot of old players built for Marshall. All right. Very good comments there, Tim. Uh, let's go national. What are some of the national games you're looking forward to this week? Well, it's almost a travesty that this game is an ESPN Plus game, but Kansas, Kansas State, round two. The Kansas State took them down earlier. Um, let's see out what Kansas can do responding to Allen Fieldhouse. And look, there's no, there's no such thing as a – a game in Allen Fieldhouse that isn't an exciting environment. I mean, I'll be honest, you could circle about four or five Big 12 games when you got Baylor, Texas tomorrow night on Big Monday after UVA, Syracuse as the big, you know, that's the big one. Uh, Providence, Xavier. I mean, the Big East is fun too this year at the top. You know, the Big East is, you look at, you know, I'll tell you this, a sleeper game, Florida Atlantic. They're playing great this year. UAB's underperforming a little, but that game at UAB on Thursday, could be an interesting one, especially because UAB is the type of team that feels like they could get hot, be a bid stealer in their conference tournament. Andy Kennedy's done a good job. He's got Joey Walker. That's they got the pieces. That could be an interesting game on Thursday. Keep an eye on. You got Kansas Iowa State. I mean, what a week Kansas has got. I mean, they could put themselves right back up there. Um, and Tennessee Auburn. Look, Auburn, not a great week last week. Don't have a great set of wins. How good is Auburn really? Um, they go to Tennessee. Chance, you know, some national people calling them frauds. It's a great chance, and Purdue, Indiana might be the two best teams in the Big Ten, battling off on that on Saturday as well. There's just a lot of good, you know. It's another great week of college basketball, and then the, you know, the the capper on Saturday night, Gonzaga, St. Mary's. St. Mary's got a chance at home. Gonzaga's already got a loss. St. Mary's can go beat Gonzaga at home. They might be in the driver's seat to win the West Coast Conference. Regular season title over the Zags. And Ken Palm, by the way, loves St. Mary's. Ken Palm has St. Mary's, last I checked, ranked higher than Gonzaga. They're legit. They're top 10 in Ken Palm. Keep an eye on St. Mary's. That That's going to be an interesting game. So a lot of a lot of great games across the country. But if you don't have ESPN, if you have ESPN Plus, Kansas, Kansas State, you know, former Hokie David Gasson, a part of that team. Jerome Tang has done a tremendous job. And I know we're going to get into a discussion about potentially, you know, what jobs may open, but what Jerome Tang has done at Kansas State, what Tommy Lloyd has done out at Arizona, two guys who are veteran assistants, getting the big, you know, major conference or, you know, big powerhouse program opportunities and doing well. You know, usually you go head coach, maybe some top assistants at big time programs are going to get some opportunities here that, you know, because of what we've seen from guys like Lloyd and Tang. All right, that got, that has me ready to look, looking at some national games too. When we're we're not watching these uh really quality ACC games this weekend too. Um, this next round, Tim, we call this ACC Lightning Round. We've got uh, five quick questions for you. Let's start with Josh Pastner. Should he be out at Georgia Tech? Should he? Yes. I I just look, Pastner's a great guy, but it's not working. It's just not. That's just the reality of the deal. It's just not working. Um, I mean, they had that great year in, in the COVID year. 
you know, you know, an old team and they took advantage of it, but they they've fallen off the cliff. I, Jeff, you know more about the fundraising situation around that program and and, and Georgia Tech athletics. And you know, after firing Jeff Collins, you know how you know can they afford to or not? But I think you got to make a move, and and especially this year. In all honesty, there's some good candidates out there, and the competition, at least in the ACC side of things, Clemson ain't going to be moving Brownell. NC State isn't going to move in Keats, who might be Brad Brownell 2.0 in some ways. I mean, both those guys, Keats now looks like a guy who just won't, you know, hot seat and just won't die. Same thing with Brownell. Like both those guys find ways when they're on the hot seat, figure it out, get it done. So I think. Um, yeah, I think those two, um, you know, I said you take those two out of the market, Pitt. I mean, Jeff Capel has saved his job with what he's done at Pitt so far this year. Now they completely collapse. I mean, then that could fall apart, but I don't see that coming. So it's going to be Georgia Tech, I think, if they can put together. Look, you never know what's going to happen next year. One of these teams falls apart or something, or, you know, some, one of these older coaches in the league retires and, you know, you're competing, or like I said, what other jobs might open, but if you're if you're Georgia Tech, I think you this is the time to make a move as well, if you have the resources, and to probably go get someone um, who can solve that, and by the way, that might be it in terms of opening in the ACC. I mean, the only one I think, you know, that could, because, you know, look, Jim Beheim eventually is going to retire, but that doesn't seem to be happening. There's no indication of Larry Nagas, though I think he's probably close. Or Leonard Hamilton. You wonder how much longer those guys are going to go. But the only other job that might even open the ACC, for example, and I'm saying this is a big might because of just how bad they are this year, whether that's fair or not, is Kenny Payne at Louisville. I mean, I, I know he's first year and shouldn't have to, right? But you win only two games so far. You may only win three or four. Like, that is tough to sur- – I mean, Louisville is Louisville. Like, so I know this is veering off a couple other things, but – yeah, I think Tech's got to make a move. This, the climate, the circumstances, they got to make the move. And, you know, Georgia, for example, just hired Mike White last year. You look at South Carolina, just went and got Lamont and Paris last year. So other schools, Florida, you know, obviously losing Mike White, went and got Todd Golden. Other schools aren't going to be making moves in the market necessarily. I mean, obviously maybe Texas coaches at Nate Oates. I mean, not sure if there's such a downhill, down, downhill effect of sorts, maybe. But who know? But who thinks Oates is going to jump to Texas? So like, I, I, George Tech's got to make the move. If they have the money, they got to make the move. And even if they don't, I think they got to make the move. Yeah, I think that was the biggest point that you you just made, Tim. Even if they don't have the money, they got to make a move. Um, and and the thing with Pat uh, with Pastner this year is because of what happened with with Collins getting fired and and Key getting hired and that buyout. Is is Passner could have been bad this year. Georgia Tech could have been a bad team. Um, it won probably six or seven ACC games. You know, go six and fourteen in the conference or seven thirteen, not make the NCAA, not make the NIT, and he's probably getting retained. Um, but it's a complete dumpster fire there. And um, you you retain a guy who who possibly goes eight something like eight in the neighborhood of eight and 32 over the last two years in the ACC, they'll probably win a couple of ACC games. So we'll say though they go eight. Um, it's like you said, if you don't have the money, that's what the ADs get paid, you know, 900,000, a million dollars a year to figure out those kind of problems. You just can't retain a coach 
um, almost no matter the financial situation, you just have to find a way to come up with the money um, when it's when it's this bad. And and I think I do think that's what's going to happen. Um, you know, unless they go on some kind of um, you know unlikely turnaround, which which really doesn't seem like it's going to be possible. But barring something unforeseen. Um, I, I think this is Passner's last year here, and and if he retained and they go something like three and seventeen in the ACC, you have to wonder if they just, you know, if they just don't care about it anymore. It's it's really all there is. I totally agree with your comments. Um, next lightning round question: Which ACC team will hire Pat Kelsey? I feel like the the money here might be on Nunts, just because, like I said, there's only one job that he might be able to land at this year, and it's George Tech. Now, with that said, if I'm George Tech, Pat Kelsey is at the top of my list with what he's done at Charleston, with what he's done, what he did at Winthrop. He's coached at, you know, he's assistant at Wake Forest for a while. He's been in this region for a while. It makes a lot of sense. Kelsey make, would make a lot of sense. Um, but that's the thing, like, when you look at this Georgia Tech search, like, and who they might go after, you know, Kelsey would make a lot of sense as well. But there's he's not the only interesting name out there that I think – if you're George Tech, you look at. Um, like I said, Kelsey, I think, would be at the top of my list. But also, you got to look at Dusty May down at Florida Atlantic. I mean, he's winning at a program that, you know, <laughs> has barely any history at all. He's coached a lot in the Southeast in his career. So, as an assistant before getting to Florida Atlantic. So, having a phenomenal year there would make a lot of sense. What about the assistant? You know, I mentioned earlier, Jerome Tang and Tommy Lloyd, what they've done. Would they go a big-time assistant? Maybe UVA's Jason Williford, who's been with Tony Bennett for a long time. Do you go for a guy like that in the conference? Do you go, you know, a Ron Hunter? I know that's not an assistant. That's a head coach. But he's got Tulane headed the right direction, was great at Georgia State, knows this region, knows this state well. I, I think, you know, yes, he's not been splashy at Tulane, but Tulane's not the – you know, money-wise, isn't a big-time program, and he's kind of steadily turning it around. I mean, it, it would be kind of wild if Ron Hunter and if George Tech made a move and they ended up with a Tulane coach for one of their openings and end up being the basketball side, not the football side. But he would make sense. Do you go a retread guy? You know, I, I know this may not be a popular name on first glance, but Chris Mack is out there, and I know things went bad in the region. But Chris Mack was really good at Xavier, like really good. And Louis, you know, when you get to these big, big pro, these, these Louisville's, these, you know, these North Carolinas, these Dukes, Kentuckys, Kansas, these UCLA's, it, it's a whole different atmosphere. It's a whole different expectation environment. You know what they're looking for, the type of player that you're bringing in that you have to meld together. And I think a Chris Mack, I know it's maybe not necessarily the, the full regional fit, per se, to what he's done in his career, but I think Chris Mack's a really good coach still. He's a proven winner at a high level. And if you could build a steady, a good developmental program that gets good, you know, maybe not the top 50 kids, but those good 51 to 150 and develops those and finds some hidden gems, I mean, you can produce a very, very good basketball program. And I think Chris Mack, you know, could, may, may, could he be a guy? So, you know. That's the thing. If 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 Kelsey doesn't end up at Georgia Tech, he's not going to end up in the ACC this year. Now, that's the other side of it. Where does Kelsey end up? If you know, because the openings may not be there regional wise, and I don't think 
I think Kelsey's building something pretty good at Charleston for a sustainable period where he could wait a little. He could wait. I mean, you thought before this year, you know, before this year early on that Clemson would be, you know, next head, next Clemson head coach Pat, Pat Kelsey or something, or even NC State. But yeah, I mean, Georgia Tech. I, I, I said I think just purely given the fact that there's less. ACC teams are going to be out there. I would say I don't think Pat Kelsey is going to be an ACC coach after this season. But Georgia Tech should absolutely have him as a top candidate um, regardless. And the other side of it is the question is, you know, like I said, Kelsey can be in some ways, let's see what the market plays out. And does, does he decide to be a little selective? You know, I mean, he's, made, you know, you look back to when he was at UMass, when he was at Winthrop, he, near, he accepted the UMass job. And then days later, backs out and, re and returns to Winthrop. So, does Kelsey also be selective in some ways? And if he, you know, if he likes what he sees at Georgia Tech and Georgia Tech offers, go for it, or does he back off? I, I, it's going to be interesting. He's, you know, undoubtedly going to be him and Dusty May are going to be two of the hot names on the market this year. But there's not a lot of schools in those regions, and yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Kelsey, like I said, makes a ton of sense though, and we'll see. I think that's the biggest. It's it's kind of a, a guessing game, to say the least. I mean, could it be Kelsey um, or not? So kind of a weird, not what I expected. If you had told me that we might only have one opening in the ACC this year um, before the season, I would have been stunned. But that's the reality, and it might mean Pat Kelsey is coaching at Charleston next year. All right. Kind of interesting what you described about uh, Chris Mack, that part of the country. Uh, you know, there's a there's a job at South Bend, uh, Indiana, that's going to be available. That's that's kind of in, in that neck of the woods for Chris Mack. I wonder if they would look his direction. I completely forgot that Mike Bray announced his retirement. That's, that just seems like a complete blur, blur of sorts. Um, yeah, that's a that's a great point about that. I mean, he would make a lot of sense there. Same thing with a Dusty May. He's actually an Indiana alum. Uh, or, in all honesty. I, you know, you mentioned that's a good point. You know, Pat Kelsey actually spent a few years at Xavier before he became a coach at Winthrop. So, yeah, yeah could, let's, let's up those odds a little because yeah, it, Kelsey could end up at could end up at Notre Dame too. Interesting, interesting times. All right, um, Tim, how much longer will will Leonard Hamilton at Florida State? Uh, and you talked a little bit about him already. Uh, Jim Beheim at Syracuse, and then Jim Laranaga at Miami. How much longer do you think they stick around? Bayheim, it felt like he was going to retire years ago, and then he should have. And I feels like Syracuse kind of this. It sounds bad to say, but they kind of want him out. Like it's like, look, you've been great for us. You've you've done incredible things, but like, it's it might be it might have been time for a few years ago. But you know, he's got a lot of young talent on this team. Like I know they're not an NCAA tournament team this year, but he's got the type of young talent where he might have one more run in. In terms of one or two more NCAA tournament appearances, he might. But yeah, that's the thing. Who knows how much longer he's gonna go? Um, Leonard Hamilton doesn't feel like he's, you know, running out of steam. I mean, you know, he doesn't feel like it's Leonard Hamilton is seventy-four years old, but he's seventy-four years old. I mean, you wonder how much longer he has. Um, I, I don't think it's gonna be this year, but you know, I don't think he'd leave after this year. But you never know. I mean, a bad year kind of sometimes can 
be like, you know what, maybe I, maybe I've had enough. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think he wants to edge. I think, you know, Mike Bray kind of felt over the past few years, so he's slowing down a little. But Hamilton seventy four and Laranega seventy three, and of course, you know, in all honesty, those two guys. I mean, they're coaching in Florida. It's a nice. It's a nice place to be. And Laranega's got another great team. He's got another great team. It's a great coach. And you know, maybe in the case of Laranega, in all honesty, especially if they're him, for example, and. You know, in this NIL era, I mean, they got John Ruiz down there throwing tons of money around. Does that maybe extend your tenure a couple years because the recruiting isn't as hard to get some of the big-time talent you want at Miami if you're Laranega because you've got a lot of NIL money because John Ruiz has got billions of dollars and he wants Miami to win wherever, whatever, wherever possible? I don't know. Maybe. Um it doesn't feel like any of those guys, but, you know, it's one of those things where sometimes, I mean, I don't think any of us thought this year Mike Bray was going to retire when he made, until the news broke. Um, so, and, of course, that would, you know, if one of those jobs opened, I mean, you look at Pat Kelsey and Dusty May again, especially with the two Southern jobs on that list. Because Syracuse won. I don't know where Syracuse can go next there. Would they potentially go for just promoting Jerry McNamara or something like that? I don't know, but – um. Yeah, I mean, we're 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 in this this changing of the guard is happening, um, and like I said, Bayhan's only got so much longer. Laranega, Leonard Hamilton, and the era of Tony Bennett, the era of Mike Young um, in the ACC. I mean, you look at you know if Keats or Brownell can sustain something like this, maybe you know those guys. I mean, there's a lot of churn, and like I said, or or if Shire and you know. Hubert Davis can keep going. I mean, Hubert Davis does have, does have a Final Four under his name, so can't can't underestimate what Hubert Davis could be as well going forward at North Carolina. So the changing of the guard is going to continue here in the next few years. I mean, when you got guys in their in their mid to upper seventies, retirement's coming. Um, it's just a matter of it's probably going to catch us off guard. In all honesty. All right, Tim. Uh, who wins the ACC men's basketball title? Yeah, I mean, you look at where Clemson is at in this regular season race right now, and they're in a great spot. You know, they got they got a game. It's always a good thing to have a game. Um, you know, but there's still some tough road games they have left. They got to go to North Carolina. They got to go to NC State. They got to go to UVA. And is this the most talented team in the ACC? I don't know if it is. I think Clemson's got a few losses coming. I think UVA may have a couple losses coming. I don't think Pitt has enough. North Carolina, I think, is going to be fascinating to see. And outside of that, like, NC State, you know, the guard play they have is going to make them dangerous in March Madness, but go on a run. Miami, same thing. Um, you know, I'm going to say UVA. I think UVA is the best team in the ACC. I think they can catch up. They get to host Clemson later on this year. That's significant. And their road schedule is a little more favorable. I think they could get to 16-4, and four, you know, lose a couple at North Carolina at Virginia Tech. And I, I think UVA, if I, uh, I think UVA is my pick right now. But Clemson, it's going to be a fascinating battle. And you know there's, you know, you know Brad Brownell is going to want this back. Because, look, you only get so many opportunities when you're at a, Clem a non-basketball school like Clemson. He's got an old team. This is an opportunity to have it truly a, a career type year where you can buy yourself so much you know longevity I mean even more than say past games 
you know, may have bought himself just because of how good this team is and, and how steady, much more steady Brownell has been over the years compared to in terms of what his floor has been compared to past years, for example. So um, I, I think UVA is going to do it, but Clemson's going to be interesting. North Carolina's interesting. Miami and, you know, and, you know, having Laranega and NC State with the guard play. I, I don't think Pittsburgh is going to hold on, but, you know, you see a, enough upsets. Pittsburgh's schedule sets up to where they pull a shocker on the road in there, get to 15-5. Maybe they have a chance, but I'm going to go UVA today. Um, UVA over Clemson, but it might be by five points. Okay. All right, Tim, how many ACC teams are in the NCAA tournament if Selection Sunday were today? And uh, name which ones you think are in right now. In right now, I, well, that's important. That's the important part in right now because if because I think there, I think Virginia Tech could get in. I think the schedule sets up well, and I think the way they're playing, I think they could go seven and three, eight and two, and with what they did in non-conference play, um, that could get them to and what they've built up on their resume that could get them into into the field. But today, I think it's seven. It's seven. Wake Forest on the wrong side of it right now. Virginia Tech obviously trying to work their way back into it, but on the wrong side right now. I think it's obviously the upstart with UVA and Clemson at the top. North Carolina, Miami, Duke, NC State, and Pittsburgh. I think it's, you know, those seven right now are the clear seven. Uh, Pitt is, you know, it's more towards that bubble just because they didn't set the world on fire, per se, and non-conference play, though, that early season, they did get a win at Northwestern. They won at NC State. I know that's not a non-conference game, but that's, you know, kind of during that November-December stretch, and they got two quality road wins early on this season. They picked up some good ones, Miami, UVA, North Carolina at home, some good quality wins. I mean, this is a team that's got three, four quad one wins right now, potentially. You could have five. I mean, that's that's pretty good. Now, there's not a lot. That's concerns the depth, and you know, some of the loss, like the loss against VCU is aging better at Vanderbilt's not spectacular, but that buried in the top two quadrants, I think. Michigan, you know, neutral site. I mean, Michigan's been a mess, but, you know, you can live with that. I think it's seven right now with Pitt being the, the most bubbly team in terms of the closest to being on the wrong side of those seven that are in. But I think it's seven. And look, the ACC is not as bad as people think. I mean, this is, this is a conference that can get seven, eight teams in when all is said and done with Virginia Tech and Wake Forest on the wrong side of the key that I think can get there. Tech, just because they're healthy now, and they're going to factor it. You know, if they put themselves in position, they'll factor in Hunter Couture and Wake Forest. I think Steve Forks continues to do a great job with that program. And, you know, they're a good basketball team. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I, I, I'll say this, but I think seven today. All right. Um Thanks for that lightning round, Tim. All right, Matthew, I'm going to turn it over to you as we close out the podcast with our open mic segment. That's right. That's right. Open microphone time. What do you got for us, Tim? Well, I, I have to say, first and foremost, this, this, this part, uh, this is just a short thing before I get into it. But look, I, I don't know if y'all, I assume everybody's watched, a lot of you watching the Eagles 49ers game today. First of all, I feel terrible for the 49ers. Um, look, <laughs> Brock Purdy gets hurt. Barely throw it. You have Josh Johnson in there, and he gets hurt. You're down 21, and you're trying to basically run a Navy offense to, because Purdy can't throw it, and Johnson's out with a concussion. Brutal. Also, that 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 penalty. I 
know it was after he was still punting the ball, but he's punting the ball. That's not punting. You can't be calling that unnecessary roughness. He's not punting the guy. He's punting the ball. Um, but, you know, on a bigger note, I, I think I think we got to talk about ACC women's hoops and the year that the conference was happening. I mean, this is what old school ACC men's hoops used to be. What we used to see. <laughs> it's weird to say old school because it's like four or five years ago. But they could get, they have legitimately 10, 11 NCAA tournament caliber teams. There's no easy night in the league on the women's side. Um, and the thing is, they're doing too much harm to each other. There's probably not going to be a one seed. There may not be a two seed. Might be no higher than a three seed. And yet, as long as, you know, you don't have your best team in South Carolina's region, they could get one or two to the Final Four in Dallas this year, including Virginia Tech. With what they bring, Notre Dame. I know they lost Dale Mabry, but they're really good. Kara Lawson's done a tremendous job at Duke and loading up on transfers. Florida State got a stud freshman. NC State. I mean, Louisville's not ranked this year. Louisville went to the Final Four last year, and I'm sure I'm probably missing. Um, I mean, North Carolina, another great team as well. So, and there's and there's just so much talent in the ACC women's side. If you're not paying attention, it's it's a great year on that side, and you know, reestablishing as while the men's brand is starting to head in the right direction as well, in part because of good hires at a lot of programs and some teams getting their act together. So, look, it's a great time for ACC hoops. Um, the women's side is back, you know, is the best of the best, and the men's side is is getting there um, and it's getting in the right direction. So, great time to be an ACC hoops fan. Well said. Well said. Jeff, you're up. Yeah, we we mentioned it a little bit in this its podcast today. Um, you know, Georgia Tech and, and Louisville. And then they're playing this week. And I just want I want to go over some of these numbers. I, I wrote an article on our on on the all sports discussion uh dot com site. Th this could be the worst ACC matchup regular season matchup in in history for it's the worst of the last 25 years and that includes um some of the opponents of that winless uh, acc winless pit team from 2016 and and the uh, boston college team that was winless in the acc a few years ago uh just look at some of these numbers louisville right now um uh let me okay yeah two and 19 0 and 10 in the league a net ranking of 337, RPI of 319, uh, Ken Palm 300. Um, there's never been an ACC team to have anything remotely close to this. Even those winless teams were dozens of spots higher than that. Then you then you go over to Georgia Tech, and and they're they're more of a garden variety uh, dumpster fire of a team this year. Uh, not not among the worst of all time, but you know a little bit more of the what you would expect from a team at the bottom of the league seven and 13, one and 10. Uh, but also with like really horrible computer numbers, net ranking of 216, RPI of 177, Kempom of 196. Uh, even those would be among some of the worst of the last 25 years. So pair them up together. You've got two teams that are combined one, uh, one win, 20 losses in ACC play, uh, combined 10 straight ACC losses by double digits. 
this is going to be something else this week with, with all the uh, matchups Tim told us about with MCAA implications in the ACC and nationally. This is going to be something else between these two. And we're not going to get it once. We're going to get it twice this year. Uh, this could be the only game that either one can win the rest of the year in conference. Um, I know Georgia Tech has that that win over Miami. Um, I don't think anyone thinks that they're going to have that in them again. Of course, anything is possible. Um, well, that, that seemed like one of those lightning in a bottle uh, nights for the for the Yellow Jackets and, and Louisville has has no wins to speak of worth note, but uh, they have a chance against Georgia Tech uh, Wednesday night. But historically, this might be the worst ACC regular season game we've ever seen. That's a pretty strong statement, Jeff. <laughs> That's a pretty strong statement. What do you think, Tim? Kenny Payne, but part of me wonders, you know, it, it's so bad to the point where it's like, a part of me wonders if he survives in some ways. Like, I know it's a lot of it's just he got a really bad hand of, uh, but it shouldn't be this bad. Um, I mean, you can't, you just can't make a move after one year. It'd be terrible for Kenny Payne. It'd be unfair in some ways for him, but man, they could, I mean, they could end up being, I mean, they got ten more games. They may lose all ten, lose the ACC tournament. They might end up two and thirty. Louisville might be two and thirty. Um, and the, it's the crazy part of that Kempom thing, by the way, is uh, they are ranked um, just ahead of them at uh, two twenty nine. Is ten and thirteen Tennessee Tech, and right behind Louisville at three hundred one in Kempom is eight and fifteen Idaho. There's actually a fourteen and ten team. Harley Dickinson, that's actually ranked 311 worse than Louisville. But if hey, if you paid paired those two teams, I think I'd put my money on Harley Dickinson. And, uh, and also, Louisville, Florida State is on ESPN2 on Saturday. I, I know I – can we get some flex scheduling to move these games around? Can college basketball go to college football like college football does? And maybe not the, the six-day holds, but – and maybe not two weeks, maybe four weeks out, allow the networks to move games around in times a little, um, just to avoid Louisville, Florida State having to be on tele on national television on ESPN two of any sort. I, I that just that just seems good for humanity. I, I will tell you, I did come close to picking Florida. St I mean, I actually picked Florida State to beat Clemson, and I came pretty darn close on that pick. I mean. Jeff and I have seen some improvement as as Florida State's gotten a little healthier over the last week, you know, a couple of weeks, Tim. And, you know, I I they almost won last night. They almost won last night. You know, and that they have a feel of a team that might win a game or two in the ACC tournament that people don't expect. And then you see the the crowd kind of get get behind them because they're the major underdog. You know what I mean, sort of thing. Yeah, I mean it's the weird thing with Hamilton. As they have a bunch of good players. That's the point. I mean they they are getting healthier. I mean Baba Miller having that whole mess, which is terrible by 
you know, that doesn't help either. Um, but yeah, if they, I mean, they seem to be showing something. That's the thing. Florida State might beat them by like 20 on, on Louisville on Saturday. Yes. That, and that's the, that's the thing. Like, at least Louisville is a complete doormat, though. They're so bad in the net that it's actually like anytime someone plays them, like, it's going to, like, unless you beat them by like 50, and even if you beat them by 50, you're going to lose ground in the net. Like, at some point, in some ways, I know this would never happen. But in some ways, like, when does Jim Phillips tell Louisville, hey, uh, you're done this season. Like, you're forfeiting the rest of your game so we don't have to play them. Um, so we don't have to put them against our team's resume. You know, and potentially cost us some because of a net. Or because, we, you know, your games hurt our other team's net and cost us some Q1 wins in areas because you're so bad. Like, I know as the season progresses, like, you know, that type of stuff gets ironed out a little because it's, you know, more data points and whatnot, but it's, it's, it's stunning. It's, I mean, it's, I mean, you guys, you know, if you guys, I, I can't think off the top of my mind at least of a, a an ACC team that's ever been worse. We could have a whole separate podcast about Jim Phillips because uh, Jeff and I are not really sure that he's in the state of North Carolina right now. We, we kind of thought about putting it out missing, missing persons report on him. Anybody, but that's a subject. Anybody heard from him? <laughs> yeah. That's the subject. That's the subject. <laughs> I'm telling you, Jim Phillips, I think if he's, he, he travels like, I think if he can get to three games in a day, if there's three games perfectly timed, he's by golly getting on that plane or whatever he needs to do and flying to every single game. Like, I, I, you know, part of me wonders if you'll see Jim Phillips on Saturday in Blacksburg and then he'll make the trip down to Durham or he'll, you know, somehow go to Clemson first and then to Durham on Saturday for AC. I'll give him this. He shows up. He shows up. He, and he, it wasn't just the first year where he was showing up at everything. Like he, he'll show up a whole bunch of stuff. He'll show up at all, every big game, middle game, game that probably burns out his eye sockets because it's his conference and he's, you know, witnessing one of those teams terrible while the other's good at least. I'll give him that. Hello? Yeah, Matthew, what have you got for your open mic? Can you all can you all hear me? Yeah, no, I'm going to use I was going to use my 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 open mic to ask him a question. Sorry, I, I wasn't sure if you could all hear me. Is Patrick Ewing out this year or what? Yeah, yeah. good for him. Seriously. Good for him at least getting a win in Big East play. Good for him. Um, I mean, this has got to be brutal for him. I mean, he knows it's a conference. He knows it's a conference. Um, you know, but to be an alum of your school and have it all go wrong, he was an, he was a promising NBA assistant in some ways before he got to Georgia. Like it wasn't like he didn't, but it's just all gone wrong. He's, it's brutal. That's gonna be a fascinating job to see. You know what Georgetown does? I mean, Georgetown hasn't been to the tournament. They haven't been the old Georgetown as much of late. Like they have not, and so it's gonna be interesting. Like who can they get? Like I, I wonder. In some ways, if you know the work that it's going to require to turn that around, in some ways, I know the portal changes things around and being in DC, and you know that'll help. But like, who do you hire? Who's the right fit? 
like I said, is it a is it a Pat Kelsey? Do they get involved? Try to get a Pat Kelsey or Dusty May or something? But like, is that the right fit? You know, for what you're looking for. I mean, maybe they look in the eight. You know, maybe look somewhere else. Maybe they go down to Richmond and go try to go. You know, somewhere in the mid Atlanta, like a Mac Rhodes at VCU or something. We'll go a retread like an Anthony Grant at Dayton. He's done well at, you know, Dayton, did well at VCU, did, he did okay at at uh, Alabama. Or do they, you know, or Chris Mack even? Like, I, I don't know. It's, do they go for the big home run? Some Georgetown, some, some actually Georgetown fans are looking for the Providence coach, for looking at the Providence coach. That's what they want. That's what I've heard. If I'm Ed Cooley, I, I am staying away from – I mean, Ed Cooley should be waiting for a top 10, 15 job in the sport, period, a top 10 job in the sport. He's done so well at Providence. There's no reason to not, you know, to take a chance on something other than that. Um, yeah, there's – if I'm Cooley, I, I, look, I am not touching Georgetown at all. I, I'm keeping on keeping on doing what I'm, I'm doing in Rhode Island, which is at Providence, which is – uh quite good in the arena that's no the arena formerly known as the Dunkin Donuts Center uh no longer which is you know brutal you know brutal that it's not it's some insurance company or something Mika something I don't know fair enough fair enough Tim thank you as always for joining the all sports discussion acc podcast we loved having you come on the show and we would love to have you come back on the show again sometime you've been a great supporter of our site of our site and we really appreciate you spending your sunday night with us man thanks so much absolutely guys i appreciate y'all having me on look forward to being on again and you know i have i got muted on the background the tv the afc championship here harrison butcher just uh had a big one for the for Kansas City on the verge. Sky Moore had a big uh, little Western Michigan action. Sky Moore had a big uh, punt return that set up Kansas City Chiefs to do kind of what they did, you know, get a quick get, get those quick points like they did last year against the Bills in the AFC divisional round. Uh, so you know, Kansas City on the verge of a Kansas City Philly Super Bowl. Thanks again, Tim. Have a great week, guys. Take care.